Hello and welcome back to Talks with Walks. Uh, today is episode five, or this episode is episode five. Today is November 24th, 2023. It is a Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. It is Black Friday, and I'm just here. I'm not doing any shopping because I think the people that, that do Black Friday shopping are kind of sadistic and, and kind of insane because, and I know, I'm, I'm, just gonna, I'm going right into, an, right into a rant. I love it. That's what this show's about. But I know, like, I feel like I haven't really seen any of those crazy Black Friday videos recently. I feel like they've they've done changes. Cause is it still midnight? I don't even know. Let me actually look it up. Let me look up. Is Black Friday? Do stores still open at midnight for Black Friday? Oh, there's a whole like article about when stores are open. Let's see what they got here. If it'll load. If it'll load. If it'll load. Are you serious? I can't read without subscribing to this. Okay. Back. Back. Let's see what Mass Live has to say about it. Okay, no, it's not midnight. It's like 6 a.m. That makes sense. I don't know why I thought it was midnight, but back to what I was saying. I don't know if I've seen any of those crazy Black Friday videos where, like, people are, like, getting trampled and running in. And, like, it kind of reminds me of, like, the scene from um, Atlanta where Darius goes in while, like, the store is being looted, and he's, like, trying to return the, uh, this, um, you got an air fryer, and it's, it, it's really fun. You should watch Atlanta. But back to Black Friday, like, I, I've never really been, I'm not even that big of a shopper. Like, I like buying things. I like buying trinkets. Like, I collect a lot of things. Like, I, I'm going to talk about collecting stuff later, but, like, I like, I like buying things. Like, when I see something, I'm going to buy it. But I'm not someone that's, like, constantly going out. Like, I, I, I'm not constantly, like, doing, like, a shopping trip. I'm going to say, like, I still live at home with my parents, so, like, they're doing, like, the grocery shopping. So, like, I'm not, there's not, like, a set sort of three to two week schedule where I'm going out and I'm actually purchasing something. Like, I'm just like, oh, I want this jersey. I want this, like, Jason Kelsey jersey. I'm going to buy it. I want this, you know, hardcover manga. I'm going to go to the store and see if they have it. But, like, <coughs> I'm not someone that has, like, I've never really been someone that, like, at least the last, like, few years, like, as a kid, I had, like, a pretty extensive, like, Christmas list because, like, you would get the catalogs and you'd be like, oh, I want this Lego set. I want this, you know, action figure. But now I'm just like, I don't even know what I want because I go to stores and I just see things. And I'm like, oh, I want it. Like, I went to Barnes & Noble this week and the stuff that I bought, I was like, oh, I, I, I want this. I know that I want this. So I'm going to see if they have it. Like, I don't go in there being like, I'm going to buy this. I have a list of things. Like, I'm just, it's hard for me to, on the spot, think of what I want. Like, this year I'm doing The Secret Santa with my family. And, like, I signed, like, we were doing, like, an online thing. I don't know why. We didn't just do, like, a physical, like, paper pool like we've always done. But we are doing, like, this online thing. And, like, as soon as I signed up, it was, like, make your list. I'm, like, I don't even know what I want. Like, I don't have these, like, massive shopping carts on Amazon or Target where it's, like, this is what I want. And, like, I'm just going to wait to buy it. Like, I just, I don't know. That's just not how I go about purchasing things. And I don't know if I'm in the minority with that. It's just, it, it's tough. That may be, like, a, I don't want to, you know, make, like, gender norms or like assumptions but i feel like that may just be like a male to female thing and like i don't i i, I do not mean to sound sexist so i'm just trying to think like i feel like i see on like tiktok and instagram like these girls and they have like these very long christmas lists like this is my christmas wish list and it has you know these really like cute tops and like these makeup essentials but then i don't really see a lot of guys doing it i don't know maybe that maybe that's just you know i don't know if that sounds too crazy or too you know I don't think it sounds misogynist. I think I think that's a fair thing to say. But I'm just like, I don't know. It's tough for me to be like, like if someone asked me, what are five things you want to buy right now? I'm like, I I don't know. 
I, I want to buy concepts. I want to buy. I want to buy peace. I want to buy you know emotional peace. I want to buy a good eight hours of sleep. I want to buy a warm hug from someone that I love. I don't want to buy these items. Okay. Whatever. Black Friday. I'm here. I'm not shopping. Uh, but yeah, yesterday was Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the best holiday. I don't even care. I know Christmas, like, that that sounds just kind of like a contrarian kind of take. Because Christmas is like the, 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 the Christmas kind of has a monopoly on holidays. Because what, 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 what could be wrong with receiving gifts and then eating a nice meal with your family? But I just think, thanks, the whole point of Thanksgiving is to eat. And obviously to be thankful. And like, but there's no, like, like, I know it's, Thanksgiving was made because, you know, the pilgrims, they came to America and they ate with the Native Americans and they had this this big meal. But, like, the reality of that situation is they, like, committed, like, a mass genocide and, like, drove the Native Americans to the reservations that they live at today. Like, that's not really, like, I don't want to think about that. Like, Thanksgiving, I think, to me, is just, you know, you say you're thankful for your parents and then you eat an exorbitant amount of food and feel, like, terrible, awful for, like, the next, like, five hours. I love that. That's the best thing ever. And, like, Christmas is, like, I don't know. There's, like, a lot of <clears throat> talk about Christmas because not everybody's Christian. And even people that aren't Christian celebrate it, I think. I'd have to ask a non-Christian. And, like, I grew up, like, I, I went to church, like, every Sunday growing up. And I went to, like, this like this, this Christian, like, after-school thing and, like, summer day thing, like, for the first, like, 10 to 11 years of my life. So, like, I was around, you know. <laughs> people of the faith but now you know i wouldn't say that i'm really a christian this is going like a whole nother tangent but back to thanksgiving i just think thanksgiving the vibes are just better i don't know because i feel like there's more depression surrounding christmas because i feel i don't know i don't know it's just i feel better going into thanksgiving than i do going into christmas especially now as a 19 year old college student because, like, like I said, I think I talked about this last episode, where it's like, I still love Christmas, I love the feeling of Christmas, but it's not the same feeling that I had when I was five or six. It just feels a little different. Like, and the music still fills me with this, this like, such unique sense of nostalgia and warmth, but it doesn't fill me in the same sense that, like, like, I, I, the last, like, three or four years, I haven't, like, as, like, growing up as a kid, I couldn't sleep on Christmas, like, Christmas Eve. Like, I was, like, excited, I had a hard time falling asleep. And, like, I would wake up and I'd be, like, I'd wait at the top of the steps for my parents to be, like, all right, come down, Santa to get brought his gifts. But now I'm just, like, I'm, I'm not that, I, I, I can go to bed pretty easily. And I have to be, like, woken up. And then my parents show me what, what Santa got me. I, I, I still like that feeling a lot. It's just a little different. And it kind of goes hand in hand with the shopping thing where it's, like, I don't know what I want. So my Christmas lists are kind of just, like, one big thing. Like this past Christmas I got a record player. The year before that. Uh, I don't even know. I I I can't remember. I probably just got like an assortment of things. Like I I think the best gift to get is like a gift card. This is this is just a yapping yapping. I love it though. This is me. But yeah, back to Christmas. Like I don't know. I just think there's more. More goes into Christmas. I'd say like physically and emotionally than Thanksgiving, because Christmas you know you gotta especially now at the age that I'm at. You got to be like, oh, what does mom want? What does dad want? I got to get something for my brothers. I got to get something for my cousins because like, my cousins are, and I are very close. We're, we get gifts for each other. You know, maybe something for my friends, you know. And now I'm in Secret Santa. So I'm like, okay, well, now I got to, you know, think. It's, it, it, there's a lot more monetary investment in Christmas than there is in Thanksgiving. 
And like I, I, I'm not the age yet where, or I haven't really. I, I wanted to make something this year for Thanksgiving, but I couldn't really think of anything that wasn't already being made. But like now, I'm just like, I wake up. I, I did work yesterday morning at the bakery I work at, and it was hella busy. Made good tips though. It was nice, you know. And like I don't know, I, I liked it. But like I'm just like, on Thanksgiving, I just wake up. Like a, a standard Thanksgiving, I just wake up. Maybe watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Put some football on. Family comes over, and then I just eat myself silly. That's awesome. Not, not a dollar came out of my pocket. Actually, yesterday, more money came into my pocket. I gained money. I gained $40 in tips. It was awesome. And then I went home, showered, kicked it, played some Fortnite with my brother, and then I ate a bunch of food and talked to my family and laughed. Had a great time. <clears throat> and then Christmas, you know, it's just that kind of, like, slow draw where it's like, all right, well, now, you know, it's the fifth. And I was like, oh, I can buy the gift for my friend now or my, my brother now. And a few days later, it's like, oh, well, now I have the opportunity to buy the gift from my mom. A few days later, and it's just like that slow loss of income or a loss of money. And then you gain kind of, you know, it regains itself. You kind of find yourself at a balance once you get your gifts from everybody. But I don't know. This this, this may be a bad take, but I just feel like th- just Thanksgiving, just I feel better about it. Um, and I feel like the, the title, I think the title for this episode is going to be Post-Thanksgiving Depression. The The post-Christmas depression... I think is even more severe. Because after Thanksgiving, like, today I just kind of feel like, bleh. I ate two big plates. I had, like, pumpkin pie and ice cream. Like, I was I was so full. My stomach was just like a taut ball for, like, the next, like, three hours after having my food. You know, I feel kind of gross. You know, I slept in a little bit. I just feel icky and full. But then this morning I did have some of the leftover pecan pie. And my mom made, like, this cornbread French toast casserole, which was delicioso. And, like, I don't know. Like, I feel I feel... Like, icky, I just feel like, oh, I just ate a lot of food yesterday. But the post-Christmas depression is, like, that That starts kind of after breakfast. Because at my house, we do the gifts. My, like, you know, my mom and dad, they show me what Santa got me and my brothers. And then our immediate family comes over, and we have breakfast. My dad fixed breakfast, and we all do, like, the secret Santa gift exchange. And then you have, like, that massive window in between, like, 11, 12-ish to, like, 5 when you have the dinner. And, like, that time is kind of just spent, like, you know, playing with your new gifts or just, like, napping because you're just, like, I just ate a bunch of breakfast food and, I you know, we're going to eat a bunch more food when we go to the house later. And then you get to the Christmas dinner and you eat a lot more food. I just feel like, and then that, and then Christmas is over. And then the next day you're just like, well, that, you know, happened. And, like, obviously, like, I'm not a part of a split family, but I'm sure, you know, split families, they may have, you know, more festivities the next day with, you know, mom or dad's side. And I, I understand that. But for me, I'm just like, oh, it's the next day. You know, you, you're like cleaning up the house a little bit. You know, you're putting your gifts away, getting thank you cards ready. And then you're just like, well, what's next? New Year's? Who, ca- who cares? Who cares about New Year's Eve, New Year's Day? That's, that's how I feel. It's fun to hang out and everything, but it's just like, I don't want to stay up until midnight. I want to go to bed. I want to stay up until midnight playing video games, not waiting for a ball to drop or not waiting to, for the time to change. Cause it's just like, oh, it's just another year. Like, I don't want really to get a sense of a new year until I write it down on the top of my paper for an assignment. Like, oh, wow, it's going to be 2024. I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, now it's 2024. But, you know, it's just the, the post-Christmas depression is, like, ten times more intense than the post-Thanksgiving depression. Because with Thanksgiving, you're like, you feel bad the next day because you're all full, but then you're like, oh, Christmas is, like, less than a month away. Oh, you know, you're, you're going to hear Christmas music on the radio. And for, I, for one, I love Christmas music. Like I said, it fills me with, like, such a unique sense of nostalgia and warmth and just, like, that, like, childlike, ooh, like, this is amazing. I love that feeling. <clears throat> like, after Thanksgiving, you're just like, oh, I feel gross, but also Christmas in three weeks or whatever. 
the Christmas, you're like, oh, you know, I feel gross. I ate a lot of food. I have all my gifts. And it's like, oh, thank you cards. And I'm not saying thank, I'm not trying to make it sound like thank you cards are bad. But it's just like, you know, you just have all these things to do. And then you're just like, oh, well, now Christmas is over. So then I got New Year's. And then it's such a terrible stretch of holidays up until, like, I mean, I like Easter a lot. You get to see the family. Eat, eat some ham. But it's like, it's just like the er, like the first, the sp- late, like the mid-winter, early spring holidays are kind of mid. I, I, for one, I think Valentine's Day is the worst holiday. Obviously, you know, that may just be someone that may be the voice of a bitter single person. But, like, even when I was in a relationship during Valentine's Day, it was just like, eh, I don't know. I appreciate my partner every day. I, I get stuff from my partner, like, frequently. Like, I don't, like, why does there need to be a day where it's like, and it kind of like, this, this is going to sound like such an incel take, but it's kind of just like the throwing love in the faces of those who are not so fortunate. That was real Reddit incel take, but I'm just like, I don't know, like, who cares? Like, you, you're, you're, and it, I will say, as a kid, Valentine's Day was kind of cool because, you know, you got to give out, you know, your little cards and candy to your classmates. I did like that because, you know, you got the, the cute little, like, little Batman cards. And then you got the, oh. That was, like, the, I think Fun Dip probably makes the most amount of money on Valentine's Day. Cause I feel like that's when I, that's the only time I've ever eaten Fun Dip was as a kid on, like, February 15th. Where I'm like, all right, I got all my cold cards, got, like, my Pokemon card my Iron Man card, and then, ooh, I got a bunch of Fun Dip, and all those, like, really terrible, like, chalk heart candies. Those are those are probably the worst candy in the world. Those and, like, Dots are just awful candies. But yeah, Val- like, I don't know, Valentine's Day is just kind of mid. St. Paddy's Day, meh. Like, I don't know, and I work at, like, a like a pub, and this past, val- like, uh, St. Paddy's Day, I had to work, and, like, I was cut, like, an hour in, because it was just like, yeah, these people are... Are are wild and that you 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 cannot really get them to sit anywhere. And I was like I was like okay, well I'll just go home then. I just and I do like uh, St. Patty's Day dinner. You know I love corned beef and cabbage. I think that's delicious. I love soda bread so much, but like, it's just like meh. Like I don't know Valentine's Day, St. Patty's Day, and like honestly, I mean Easter may be the weakest of like I don't know. Yeah, it's just the first half of holidays just kind of mid. Like, Thanksgiving and Christmas kind of just wash every other holiday. Like, I don't know. Is that insane to say? I think Halloween, meh. I don't really care for Halloween that much as, like, someone that's not trick-or-treating and someone that doesn't go out. I don't know. Halloween doesn't really do anything for me. Fourth of July, only good thing about that is hot dogs and hamburgers. Like, I don't really, like, I don't know. Fireworks are kind of cool, but I'm just like, that's just loud. And everyone's doing it. You're not, like, I don't know. Let's shoot, like, cannonballs into the sky. That'd be cool. That's cooler than fireworks, I think. You know, you got to be different. Because, like, everybody's doing fireworks, and it's just loud, and you feel bad for the dogs because the dogs are scared of it. What other holidays even are there? I, 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 I mean, my birthday is, like, early June, and I kind of, you know, that's a nice refresher for that first half of just kind of mid-holidays. You're just like, oh, sweet, my birthday. But then it's, oh, 4th of July. Is there anything in August? I don't think there is. September, you have, like, Labor Day. It's not a holiday. It's just a day off from school and work which I appreciate that. That's Labor Day is a better holiday than Valentine's Day. Because you don't get a day off for Valentine's Day. You just kind of get, I don't know, if you're you know not in a relationship, you just kind of get nothing. But Labor Day, you get to kick your feet off and you, you, know, you don't get to wear white for the rest of the year. That's cool. I don't even know where this conversation started. But yeah, Thanksgiving was, uh, was amazing. It was delicious. I had two plates, or like two and two point, no, no, like 1.85 plates. I had this, like, little, like, two-by-two two square of just mush. I was like, I can't do this, dude. My stomach was 
was was kicking my butt. I was like, this I can't do this anymore. I gave it to my dog. And she was very thankful. She was she scarfed it down. Like me and my cousin, we both gave like the rest of our plates to to my dog, and she was like, like she was housing that. Like it was kind of it was kind of funny because like you know she just gets kind of fed dog food and like bread ends and little snacks for the most part. So when she gets you know a, a bowl full of slop, she's like, dude, let's freaking go. I wish this holiday. She, that's uh, Thanksgiving is probably my dog's favorite holiday as well. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, it was delicious. And then I waited a few. Like like an hour or so to let my stomach just like not punch me in the face to have some dessert. I did like a little taste test because my mom and my cousin they both made a pumpkin pie. And I did a blind taste test. And I actually like my mom's better. And she used like ginger snaps in the crust. Like I was like, damn, that shit is good. It's like let's let's go. I I, I devoured it. I like a slice of that scoop of ice cream. Uh, and she also made like really this really good hot cider that I had like a bunch of cups of. That was delicious. I haven't really had hot cider in a long time, and she put like clove and like there was like a, like hints of orange and like pear. Like I was like, dude, this is this is killer. And I was like, this this is just the best holiday ever. You get to sit around, eat food, chat with family, watch football, and the football games yesterday were all terrible. Every single team I wanted to win lost, so that was really embarrassing for me. Like I don't know, the Cowboys once again proved that they're just bottom feeders. They're just like, yeah, you know what? Let's let's blow out. You know, Carolina, Washington, and New York. But let's choke, you know, against division rivals and actually good football teams. I hate the Cowboys so much, dude. I can't stand them. They are definitely my most hated football team. The Niners won. I thought that was going to be a close game. I thought the Seahawks were going to, you know, pull an upset on that one. But nope. And the the Packers upset the Lions. Because, I don't know, NFL football, any given Sunday, any given Thursday. And then today there's like the 3 o'clock Labor Day game. That's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my entire life. Who wants to watch a game at 3.30 on Prime Video? Or not Labor Day, Black Friday. Like, I don't care about Dolphins-Jets on a Friday. That's ridiculous. Do it on a Saturday. Saturday games are cool. Because, like, sometimes Sunday, Sunday games, I'm just like, I don't really have time for this. But, like, I also don't really watch the NFL besides the Eagles and, like, the, like, big games. Like, I'll, like, I'll watch Thanksgiving games. I'll watch the Super Bowl if the Eagles aren't in it. I'll watch. That's really good, actually. I'll watch, the, I'll watch the postseason. But it's just like, I don't know. Like, who cares? But yeah, I hate the Cowboys. mad that they won. That's really upsetting. And then as we were talking about the NFL with my family, like the conversation of like college compared to uh, professional sports came up. And my cousin, she was like, she was talking about how most, if not all, college sports are just better and more enjoyable to watch than the professional counterpart. And I disagree wholeheartedly. I know that's a very common take online, at least from what I've seen. Like, I see a lot of people on Twitter saying, like, college football is better than the NFL or, like, college basketball is better than the NBA. Which is, like, those guys, they are bad. And, like, the product is just bad. Besides, like, like I was saying, like, but like once, like, college football is good once it gets to, like, the, like the one ranked matchup each week, the bowl games later in the season, and then obviously the college football playoff. But the rest of it is just, like, Alabama beating up on some mid-major school from, like, Topeka, Kansas. I'm just like, come on. Like, I don't want to watch that. I, I can't remember the last time I sat and watched front-to-back a college football game. I don't know if I've actually ever done that because it's just like, I don't know. They're just not good. Like, and it's just like, it's either going to be a blowout or it's going to be, like, 3-2, to two, like, every Iowa game. And then we get to, like, the argument of college basketball being better than the NBA. The only thing that college basketball does better than the NBA is March Madness. March Madness is the best tournament 
in all sports. A- every sport across the entire galaxy, March Madness is the best one. Because making a bracket is like the most fun thing ever. I love making a bracket. Whenever I make a bracket, it always makes me want to make a bracket of other things. Like like this year, I made like, I feel like I want to say like 11 brackets just because I'm just like addicted to it. Because I'm just like, oh, maybe this one will hit. But they never do. Like the best bracket I have in like the last five years was like, I picked Virginia to win in 2019 because I am a Virginia basketball fan, and obviously I'm going to pick them. But that bracket looked pretty good. I think I still have that somewhere. But oh, I get like a high off of making brackets. I'm like, this is fun. I like single elimination, you know, ranking things. But I'm just like, after the tournament's done, I'm just like, what what, what am I going to put in a bracket? And like, I like seeing on YouTube, like the this YouTube channel Hive Mind, they do like um, music content, and they do like song brackets. I'm like, that's fun. I did, like, a Claro song bracket with my friend a few weeks ago. I'm like, this is fun. Like, this is cool. So I, I realized, I guess, to myself, I'm just like, I don't really, I, I, I need to just let brackets come to me. I can't just be like, oh, March Madness bracket time. Let's go. And then just, like, make a bracket. I had to just be like, you know what? I think it's time for me to do a bracket or something. But, yeah, March Madness, that's the only thing that college basketball does better than the NBA. Like, I know, like, like the in-season tournament is finally, like, getting two single elimination games. Like, I think the Pacers and the Lakers just won their groups earlier this week. But, like, I don't know. Even that, it's just, like, who cares? Like, the incentive is not anything that really pertains to the um, climate of the season. Like, there's no postseason implications with this in-season tournament. There's only, like, monetary. I think, I think the prize is, like, $500,000. I don't know if it's each play. Hold on, let me look at this up. In-season tournament prize. In season, we got a trophy tournament prize. Oh my god, CBS Sports, just tell me the prize, dude. Just tell me the prize. Um, okay, awards and prizes players on a team that loses in the quarterfinals 50,000, players on a team that loses in the center. Okay, so it's 500,000 each play. That actually is pretty nice. Yeah, that's that's a good prize, but it's like. I don't know. Like, I saw someone on Twitter say, like, the winner of the in-season tournament should get, be granted, like, a guaranteed playoff spot. And, like, I thought about it for a second. I was like, that makes sense. But I'm just like, wait a second. You know how many teams implode in the second half of the season? And, like, since the season, since this tournament is taking place in, like, the first half of the NBA season, who can Like, what What are you talking about? Like, you, you, you could probably say that, you know, the Bulls from two seasons ago when they were the one seed going into the All-Star break – won in this in-season tournament, and they would have been guaranteed a playoff spot. And, you know, they may have not lost in the first round like they did two seasons ago. And it's just like, I don't know. I'm hoping as, this, as you know, the years pass, they begin to alter and change and tinker with the in-season tournament because, like, obviously it's not additional games added to the season. They're just incorporated within the team's 82-game schedule. And, like, I think that's obviously the only way you can really do it without making it, like, this insane, like, load management thing. But, like, I hope, you know, in a few years we see it take place, like, right around the All-Star game. And, you know, there may be a more significant prize or something where it's just, like, it actually makes me care about it instead of just watching a regular NBA game and then, oh, look, this person, this, these players get $500,000 each and this trophy doesn't really have much purpose besides, you know, you are the in-season tournament 2023 champions. I don't know. I think it's just, it's just kind of mid- but, I mean, like, college basketball, no way in hell is that better than the NBA. Because, like I said, they're bad players. And, obviously, I'm not, like, I'm not trying to say, like, I'm better than them. But, like, the 
only like you could probably say like only one player from each like like three players from each conference honestly in the NBA or in the college basketball get drafted and it's probably you know it varies each you know like the ACC probably has more than that but it's just like there is a very low chance that one player on each team is going to the NBA so most of those guys are just going to end up in the G League overseas or in in a chair at an office job in five years. Like the talent level is just not there. Like I watch, I like watching the NBA because all these guys are being paid millions of dollars to perform at the highest level. Like I don't want to watch like this mid-major school get blown out by Duke because Duke has insane recruiting and NIT deals. But then even the Duke players aren't even that good, and like some of them aren't even gonna make it to the league. Like the NBA is just cool because it's just like a like even all professional leagues are just cool because it's a high concentration of talent. And I don't really get the notion that. You know the NBA doesn't play defense. Like I can see that argument sometimes when you see like a game like the 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 Hawks Pacers game earlier this week, where it was like one fifty seven, one forty seven, or whatever. And like the Kings like Clippers game from last year, that was like one of the best games I've ever watched. That was like one seventy six, one seventy five. Like I can see why you can say that for like those games, but as an overall argument saying that the NBA doesn't play defense is kind of insane. Like I don't really understand that because if they weren't playing defense, they wouldn't be on the teams. Like you don't really see. And you do see, but you don't see players. You don't see a lot of players or like a lot of teams where it's just like this guy is only offense, and then he's just terrible on defense. Because like these people are being paid millions of dollars to perform at the highest level. So if they didn't play defense, then they wouldn't even have a job. Like, come on, like that—that's a pretty poor argument. The only like college sport that I really like like more than its professional counterpart, and I'm doing air quotes around professional because I don't really think the PLL is at that level yet. It's called like, college lacrosse. Like, I grew up playing lacrosse. I played lacrosse for, like, what, like, fifth? No, it's not, it's not, like, 12, 13 years of my life, I think, so around that number. I love it. It's one of my favorite sports ever, obviously. I love playing it. I, I, I miss it. And, like, college lacrosse just has an aura about it that the PLL has not matched yet because the PLL, they have eight teams, and I'll probably talk about this too. They just, you know, they decided on their locations for each club, and, man, are they terrible. Honestly, I, they should have waited, like, five years until they had, like, 15 clubs. Because only eight clubs. Like, that's that doesn't feel real. Like I, like, I don't really care about it right now because it's, it's only that many clubs. Like, and, like, oh, like, all the locations are terrible. Like, it's Boston, New York, Philadelphia, Maryland, Carolina, Utah, California, and, um, uh, I don't know, somewhere else. And there's, like, no Midwest teams. Like, I don't it's just, it was a very puzzling decision for me. Or a very puzzling decision as a, you know, someone looking at them making their decisions. And as someone who's been a fan of the Archers since the inception of the league because I just chose a team kind of random. But they did, you know, draft Jared Connors out of UVA. And they do are, Jesus, and they do have orange and blue as their color scheme, which is, like, my favorite color scheme ever. Like, navy blue is, like, my favorite color. So, I was like, obviously, I'm going to choose this team. And, like, they just won the championship, which is pretty cool for me, even though I didn't watch a single second of their games all year. But to see them go to Utah, it's like a punch in the face, dude. Like, why, they should have gone to Charlotte or something, or, or or a state that actually is cool. The only cool thing about Utah is the Rocky Mountains, and, like, people associate that with Denver more. Like, Utah's just full of, like, white Mormons. It's just whatever. And they're, they're, I mean, they, they did, like, utilize their logo in a cool way 
to make, you know, the tip of the arrow look like a mountaintop. And I was like, that's pretty cool. But I'm just like, like, why? Like, you could have you gone anywhere else, but you went to Utah. But then it's just all East Coast and, like, two West Coast teams. And they're like, okay, well, now we have nothing in the Midwest. And, like, the Midwest, like, obviously it's, it's a lot less of a lacrosse market than the East and the West, comparatively. Like, if you were to have a rank, you know. And it would be cool if they did, like, a, Can- like a Canadian team, like a, a team in Toronto or Vancouver. But they didn't. Like, maybe, you know, along the line, they'll end up with, like, 15 or 20 teams. And that, that's what I want. Like, I'll care about it more when there's more teams instead of it just playing every team, like, every week. Like, the same team every week. Like, playing the Atlas twice in, like, a 15-game schedule. Like, I want you to play, like, every team once, and then in 15 games, so you play 15 teams. I don't know. It's just the PLL, you know, obviously, it's still very young. It's still maturing. Paul Rabel's figuring it out. They have a lot of investors, celebrity investors. But it's just, like, I don't really care. Like, I don't care. I don't care about it yet. And College Across just has that feel about it. Because, I don't know, like, that's the one That's the one league where I feel like the talent level actually isn't, there's not a big drop-off. Like, you watch a college basketball game and an NBA game, and, like, college basketball, like, they're missing all their shots. But College Across, like, you can't really sense that difference in talent as easily as, easily as you can in the NBA or college basketball. Like, I don't know. It's whatever, but... I gotta go to the bathroom so bad, but I gotta finish this episode. I don't wanna like make an edit and like I don't have a key card and everything, so I had to like prop every door open. So I'm just kinda trapped here. Actually maybe I don't know. Maybe I can. I don't know, but back to talking about professional sports. But yeah, the college across I just think is like a million times better than the PLL. And maybe my opinion will change once the PLL actually expands to more teams and you know they actually have Midwest clubs. And we'll see how their new model works with the the teams that are tied to location. But I don't know. I can't really see it being something that really intrigues me yet because there's not enough teams. And, like, I think the, the, the one cool thing that could develop from this is, you know, actual rivalries, like location-based rivalries, you know, sprouting up. Like, I'm sure you could see the Water Dogs and the Whip Snakes, you know, becoming rivals just based on the fact that um, they're in Philly and Maryland. But I don't know. There's not enough teams to really, really care about it. That was a really bad yawn. Not enough teams for me to really care about it. But yeah, PLL, worse than college across every other college sport. I think it's just better or worse than its professional counterpart. Uh, let's get back into some NBA talk. Uh, standings right now, who would have guessed that Minnesota would be top of the totem pole in the West? I wouldn't have because I had them as, like, what, my, like, 8 seed in my rankings video from the first episode of this podcast. I don't know. I guess I just kind of... Uh, it's really hard for me to be, I wouldn't say like intuitive about sports takes, but kind of just analytical. And I also, I, I'm not trying to say that I'm like the only one that's surprised by this, but because everybody really is kind of, because they looked at what Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns were able to do, or maybe lacked like what they weren't able to do last season, and then look at it now and be like, oh, well, you know, they're actually exceeding expectations. But I think the biggest thing about this is just, and this is uh, this is not this isn't really a deep deep take about this team, but you know Rudy Gobert's one of the best defensive players in the in the league, and so is McDaniel's, and you know Cat's kind of a competent defender, and Ant you know he he's young he's young MJ and and you know he's kind of a competent defender, and Nas Reed really good defender, and like that's their biggest thing they're the best defensive team in the NBA. And same thing with the Celtics the Celtics are top in the East, and they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. And it helps you know that they have, they have Drew Holiday now. 
Al Horvath is a really good paint defender. But yeah, it's just really cool seeing, like, look at these top four teams in the West. Minnesota, Oklahoma City, Dallas, and Denver. And then, you know, obviously there's Phoenix. Screw Phoenix. But then Sacramento. Skip Los Angeles. Houston. Like, it's, 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 it's a pretty cool season right now for the West. Obviously, it's still extremely early. So those standings are bound to change by, you know, come April. But it's just cool to see these teams showing out. It's cool seeing yeah. Oklahoma City being the two seed, especially with how young they are. And, you know, my, my rookie of the year, Chad Holmgren, showing out. He had that crazy shot against Golden State earlier this week. And, yeah, I think even the NBA, like, he, he pushed ahead of Wemby in the um, rookie of the year standings, which I think is pretty cool. It just goes to show you that I know ball, and I had him as my rookie of the year, and right now he's the front runner. But, you know... It is cool to see a team as young as Oklahoma City, you know, playing. You know, they're eleven and four right now, second in the West, uh, third best record in the NBA. That's that's just cool. That's just super cool to see. I'm a big SGA fan. I really like. I mean, I really liked Josh Giddy, but you know, obviously that thing came out about him like two days ago, and obviously nothing is heavily confirmed right now. But just it's just not looking good for Josh Giddy. It kind of sucks because. I am a big fan of Josh Giddy. I think you know he's a good he's a good ball player, but you know after this, I can't really be a fan of him. I dropped him off my fantasy team. I had to do it. I had to do it. You know, it it, it hurts, but I had to do it. I, I, I can't be supporting that. Uh, it's the same sort of thing. I'm sure people that own, and then you know they probably had to do it because as soon as Juan de Franco that thing came out about him, he was just kind of blackballed, which for good reason. But like, there was like not any really, like question about him just being removed from that team. And I feel like, you know, obviously once more details come out, because the, the evidence with Ronda Franco was, like, kind of, like, immediately damning. Like, they found out about it, and he was gone. And honestly, I don't know if the Thunder have played since. No, they didn't play yesterday. And what did they, what, when, when did they beat? They beat Chicago the 22nd. And that was the night that the thing about Josh Giddy came out. So they have not played an NBA game since everything came out about him. So we'll see. If and they're talking to me, you know, you know, big Adrian Wojnarowski thing about it earlier later today, but we haven't really seen anything about it yet. But it's not looking good, which stinks, and it, it stinks that you know a player, oh my God, as talented and as wealthy as Josh Giddy doing something like this, which is just you know, history shows that it is one of the you know, and like history in sports and just history in life, like just don't do this. It just sucks, you know, for him to make a mistake like this and almost essentially throw away a promising career, especially since he's on a talented team and he was someone that, you know, that's been on the team the last two seasons and has been, a you know, a promising piece of this roster. It just kind of sucks for him to do go out and do something like this. And same thing, you know, I can say, I, obviously I don't like Wanda Franco because he's on the Rays and I'm an Orioles fan, but it's just like, it just sucks for when you see, you know, people that kind of have been given the key to – they've just kind of been given – a chance to, you know, generate, you know, generational wealth for their families and, you know, play the sport that they love on the biggest stage and then do something like this. And she's like, all right, well, see ya. But another thing, you know, kind of sucks is that Josh Giddy does something like this. And, you know, obviously, like I said, nothing's confirmed. But, you know, you can assume that he may be out of the league. But then you see Miles Bridges, who beat and battered his wife and, you know, has been playing for the Horn- the Hornets these last two weeks. Like, it just kind of sucks. Like, I'm not trying to say there's a double standard, but it's just, like, why is Miles Bridges still allowed to suit up for a professional team after, you know, 
his immediately damning evidence of beating his wife. And I'm hoping, you know, we never see Kevin Porter Jr. on another NBA court. I'm, I'm surprised. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just interesting the way, like, the line that these professional sports leagues seem to draw on the sand about what you can and can't do and about if you can come back to the league after doing it. Because I'm not, I, obviously, I am starkly against all of these things that have been that have been done by these people, but I'm just I'm just curious as to why Juan DeFranco is immediately gone, but then, you know, a player like Miles Bridges is still allowed to play. Like I just don't really get the logic there, and like John Morant, same thing with John Morant. Like obviously he brandished a firearm on social media, and has had issues with it, but he hasn't shot anybody, or, you know, caused any injury or death to anybody with it. But he's you know, 25 game suspension. Like I just I don't, I don't know I'm I'm just curious I, I'd like to, you know Adam Silver get on the pod with me Roger Goodell get on the pod with me let me know why these players like what like what's the thought process behind these bans because like I'd say I'm not trying to rank crimes here but I think abuse I don't know I don't know I don't want to say something that sounds terrible but like I don't know they just it's, they're all crimes essentially but one is allowed to come back and one probably isn't going to come back I just don't I, I'm just very curious about that but. I don't want to get down a rabbit hole. That's kind of funny. My notes, my notes here. I was, you know, I was saying talk Thanksgiving, talk about Christmas, talk about the NBA, and then touch on Josh Giddy. Cause like I, I, my goal for this was, you know, not to talk about it for too long, but I spent probably the last five minutes talking about it. But that phrasing could have been a little better. But that's besides the point. Josh Giddy, um, sucks to suck, dude. That's you know, you made bad decision. We'll see if the evidence comes out that is, you know, confirms or denies if this is actually true. But it just kind of sucks, cause. He was a good ball player. He was playing good ball on a good basketball team, but now, you know, Brian, not going to be doing any of that. He's going to be playing in the Australian Jail League. So, womp womp. Uh, it says talk personal life. So, yeah, let's, let's get back. I was talking about shopping, and I went to Barnes & Noble this past week, and I got some of the stuff that I was looking for. I got three volumes of Q. I got the new Stone Ocean Volume 1 hardcover, uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Jojoniums, dude, these are dope. I'm really excited that they finally released these. And I got, like, Volume 104 of One Piece. Uh, let's, talk, let's talk Jojo's first. Um, I have all the hardcover, Jesus, all the hardcover Jojoniums that they've released so far because they are gorgeous. They are absolutely phenomenal. They're, like, you know, obviously they're, like, three volumes of each part, and they're each separated into each part, and they, each part has a different cool spine. And, man, these are just beautiful. These are going to be – the goal for these is – I want them to be in my family my whole life. Like, I want to give my kids, you know, volume six of, you know, Stardust Crusaders and be like, you know, you know this series? This is a series that Papa grew up reading. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I want to read it too. And I'm like, you know what? Here you go. Here's 30 vol- like thirty hardcover, high-quality volumes of this, of this series. Go ahead. Go ahead. Break a leg. Read this. I'm just like, yes, dude. Yeah, the first volume of Stone Ocean released, I think, I guess, last week or two weeks ago. So I got that immediately, scooped that up, had to. Beautiful spine, nice green-black color scheme, like, you know, Jolene is and Stone Ocean's general color scheme is. That went on the shelf immediately, super dope, really excited that they had that. Uh, volume 104, One Piece came out, uh, and it has, you know, Gear 5 on it, which is super dope. One Piece has been pretty good. I don't think I've read the last chapter but they're doing Kuma's backstory right now, and, man, that is just it is just super sad. I got to pee so bad. Like, I got I to push through it. But, yeah, Kuma's backstory has been super sad. Like, all, if not all, I, like, 
there there are hardly any backstories in media really that are you know overtly happy the goal of most backstories i think like narrative wise as an author you want to make your audience feel for um that character and and they did that i gotta go i'm, I'm going to the bathroom i just gotta do it i'm sorry i am back from the bathroom that was a little unprofessional of me, but I'm just like, I got to go. I can easily edit this out. And I was only 40 minutes in. I was like, you know, I'm going to push through, you know, my hour my hour mark usually for these episodes, but I just couldn't do it, dude. My bladder was kicking my butt. I drank, I drank a lot of water this morning, so it's reasonable for me. To, I don't know why I'm explaining the concept of going to the bathroom. But, yeah, back to One Piece. Yeah, re- recent One Piece has been kind of like, besides Kuma's backstory, like Egghead was not really my favorite arc, especially after, you know, Wano being, you know, one of the best arcs to ever, you know, come out of that series. Recent One Piece really just has not been hitting for me. And I think a main reason why is, like, just that weekly... I mean, I, I'm not, I mean that's not even true. Like, I really enjoyed reading the Wano chapters as they came out. But it's just, like, I read One Piece in, like, big... Like, these... I just binged it in, like, these big... Like, when my first reread through was, like, from April to October of 2021. Just, like, reading, like, a bunch of chapters every day that entire time just to catch up and it's just like that i love that feeling of just being able to breeze through these arcs like as a like once like just reading like weekly chapters of egghead i'm just like this is not really pushing the button for me i don't know i gotta take a sip of water but i'm really hoping that the next arc i'm hoping that the next arc you know i don't know I'm hoping that it's Elbaf, I think. That's what everybody's really hoping, because, you know, you might see Luffy and Shanks interact for the first time since. They didn't really interact in Marine 4, but that was the last time that, you know, Shanks was within, like, five feet of Luffy. I'm just, I'm excited to see how they play that, because I feel like what a lot of people are thinking is going to happen there is that Oda's going to make Shanks the big bad. I feel like that would just be kind of, like, a really in, insane thing to do, especially with, you know, building up Blackbeard for the past... Since Marine Ford, essentially. But we'll see. I don't know. One Piece, I just need Oda to, you know, get out of Egghead. Because, like, I just really have not really cared so much about the story when during Egghead. But, you know, I got Volume 104. I have, like, volumes, like, 93 for 104. And then I have, like, the first, like, 26 volumes in Omnibus editions of One Piece. Because that is just, I don't, I don't know if I'll ever obtain every, every... Volume of One Piece, because that is a lot of volumes. Um, but yeah, then I also got Haikyuu. I got volumes 14 through 16, so now I have volumes 1 through 16. And like I said, that last episode, I've been, I've been rereading it. And man, dude, that series is just so, so good. Like, it's, I think I said this last episode, too. Like, it's not my favorite series of all time, but it does something that other series don't really do for me as much, where, it, like, it makes me just smile and, like, swell up with happiness so much more than any other series. Because as someone, like I said, like as someone who's played sports for, at this point, the majority of his life, and someone who loves sports still and, like, still plays it, you know, recreationally, it's just, it, I don't know, it's just, it's it's magic. Like, it's just, it makes me appreciate the sports that I played so much more. Like, it, it makes me, like, want to be like, dang, I wish I could go back to high school lacrosse and just, like, do it all over again with, like, this feeling of, like, I want to be better than the next guy. Because, like, I played it. I was pretty solid, but I wasn't playing it with the intention of playing beyond high school. I wasn't playing with the intention of being like, I want to be all county. I was playing it because, you know, I'd been playing it for so long. I loved it. 
I had fun playing it. And I was, you know, I was pretty solid. Like, I, I'll have to ask one of my coaches next time I see him, like, you know what, give me, like, an honest rating of my school level. But I, I thought I was pretty good. I thought I did, you know, what I was asked of. I was a short stick DMD my senior year, and that was probably the best year of my college career just in terms of playing. Maybe junior year. Junior year was pretty good, too. But, like, I was pretty good. But, like, reading Haikyuu, I'm just like, dang. I wish that, you know, I put in the work that, you know, these fictional Japanese high school students did. I don't, I don't know. It's just – and. Like I said last episode, like authors, I feel like manga authors do this especially well just because of the combination of visual and good literature and good narrative and like storytelling. But like Haikyuu, I think does it the best for me of the series that I've read. I'm just like, you're just rooting so heavily for the main character and the main core group of characters. Like every time that, like I said this last episode too, but like every time the crowd is surprised by the freak quick that Kageyama and Hinata do, I'm just like, yes, let's go. Like I feel like I was on the court with them. And, like, recently I just uh, finished the um, Tokyo Expedition arc when they go to, um, oh, where do they go? They go to, like, near Tokyo to do, like, the camp with uh, Fukudani and Nakoma and, like, those other clubs. Like, you get to see, you know, Bokuto and, you know, Kiro work with Kage, uh, Tsukishima. You get to see, like, Hinata work on, you know, looking at the ball when he sees it, his blocking, his first and second, third tempo. You get to see Kageyama work on the set that stops him at air. But then, like, the first time that they finally clicked with that set that stops in midair, and he had to hit it, and he saw the blockers, and was like, yes, let's go, dude, let's go. Like, I'm just, it just fills me with so much pride of the characters. Like, these are fictional people. I'm never going to meet Hinata in my life. I'm never going to meet, you know, Sugawara or Daichi or Kageyama. I'm never going to meet these people. But just the feeling that it gives me of just seeing them succeed is just, like, so potent and so different from other series. I'm just like, I love this series so much. Like, it's 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 so... It's just so real. It just feels real to me. And that sounds so corny, but, like, I'm sure, like, obviously, if you read it, you probably get it. Like, it's just, I don't know. I I don't know. Like, the author, Ferdate, I think his name is, I've seen it, like, a thousand times since rereading it. I think it's Ferdate. Haruchi Ferdate. But he does such a great job. And I'm just, I'm really excited for the Nekoma movie that's coming out soon. Because I, I only watched up to, you know, Izaki. I, I read, like, a bit of the Nekoma match, but not all of it but as i'm rereading it i want to reread it through but obviously i'm going to watch the movie i'm really excited for it because you know i've heard I, I know what happens in that match i know what happens in the next match too against you know hinata versus hoshiyumi but i'm just excited like this series is just phenomenal one of my favorites of all time i really love it really really good um but yeah you know let's play some of the uh the daily games i think that was a good you know content episode and maybe while i'm doing these games i might talk about that stuff but let's do connections first you know, we're finally shifting into the last 10 minutes of this show where I just kind of talk about whatever. Connections, connections. So let's see here. We got Mini, Mouse, Alone, Knock, Ram, Lily, Slam, Bachelor, Pan, Fiat, Jaguar, Catfish, Maxi, Survivor, Roast, and Fiat. Did I say Fiat already? Whatever. Okay. So I'm seeing... I'm seeing Ram, I'm seeing Fiat, I'm seeing Jaguar, I'm seeing Mini. So I'm thinking cars, like Mini Cooper, Ram, Jaguar, Fiat. Let's submit that. Mini, Ram, Jaguar, Fiat. Boom, car brands. Nailed it. I'm seeing Chopped, I'm seeing Survivor, I'm seeing Bachelor, and I'm seeing Alone. I'm thinking TV shows. Submit it. Ah, oh, one away. Okay. Bachelor, I don't think it's alone then. 
Maybe it's, I don't know. Next, let's just let's just keep moving. Let's keep it moving. Slam. Okay, hold on. Slam. Knock. Roast. Chopped. No wait. Wait 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 no no. No 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 no. Hold on. Roast. Hold on wait. Okay hold on. It's definitely Survivor Chopped Bachelor. <sighs> What's the last one? Hold on, let's shuffle them up a little bit. Lily, Maxi. Hold on. Slam, roast, knock, catfish? That sounds crazy. Okay, no, that's the, yeah. It's one away, though. Slam, knock, roast. I'm thinking of, like, insult. Chopped? Ah! Hold on. Slam, knock, roast. It's Survivor, Bachelor, Catfish, Alone, Chopped, Mouse, Maxi, Lily. Slam, knock, roast. Like you're insulting somebody. You're Bachelor, you're Maxi. I don't know what. Maxi's throwing me off here. Maxi's throwing me off here. Pan? Nah, I'm, I'm going to get this one messed up. Oh, it is. Criticize. Pan is criticize. Okay, whatever. Okay. Well, now we have Alone, Survivor, Lily, Maxi, Catfish, Bachelor, Mass, and Chopped. Catfish. Survivor, Bachelor, Chopped. What's the last show? It's not Alone? I don't understand. Hold on. Catfish, Mouse. Let's just do... No, that can't be right. Hold on. Cat. Mouse, Lily, Maxi, Catfish, Alone, Survivor, Bachelor, Chopped. Isn't Alone a show? Maybe, okay, hold on. Catfish, Bachelor, Survivor, Chopped. Ah! Okay, what, what is it? Reality shows. Alone, Catfish, Chopped, Survivor. Bachelor, Pad, Lily, Pad. Maxi, Pad. Mouse, Pad. Son of a bee. Right, let's do the Wordle. Six chances to guess the fight line now. I know how to play Wordle. First guess always, Chair... Okay, there's an H in the second slot, and there's an R, but not in, in the fifth slot. So let's do S-H-R-E-D, shred. Okay, so it is H-R, but there's no, it is her. So, that, but okay, whatever. Let's do um, B-H-R, no. T-H-R. Throw. Nailed it. Three guesses. I'm the best world player in the world. All right, let's do the Immaculate Grid. Knicks, Wizards. Okay, hold on. Along the top, Knicks, Thunder, five plus assists, and then along the left, Wizards, Sixers, Jazz. This one's going to suck. I can already tell. I don't really want to do this one. Let's do the baseball one. Oh, here we go. Okay, so Yankees, Red Sox. That's Jacoby Ellsbury. Probably just a very easy pick, but we're doing it because I don't really care. Okay. Yankees, Giants, um, Rodon. Yep. Yankees, Reds, Bader. Booyah. It was actually a lot lower than I thought they were going to be. Only 10, 13 to 5%. All right. Well, now it's Red Sox, 10 home run season batting. Let's just do 
a guy like Xander Bogarts. I did I did Z, not X. Xander Bogarts. One percent. Wow. Ten plus win season. Rick Porcello. Booyah. Ten plus home run season batting with um let's do Travis Ishikawa. He had over it. No way he didn't have a ten run home run season batting. Whatever. Well, we're gonna lose this one anyway. Ten win season batting or ten plus win blah 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 blah. Logan Webb. He had a ten win season with the the uh, the, the, the 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 Giants. Ten home run season batting with the Reds. Let's just do Ellie De La Cruz. And then ten win season Jared Weaver, right? Right, yeah, right, right. I'm terrible. All right, whatever. My last one, I'll see the Pokeduku. All right, Alola normal type. That's my guy, Komala. Boom. Alola fairy type. That's my girl, Cutie Fly. Booyah. Alola mono type. Let's just do Litten. Litten. Normal baby type. That's my boy, Munchlax. Yeah, yeah. Fairy baby. <laughs> Fairy baby. Um, Igglybuff, right? Yep. A monotype baby. Elekid. The goat. That's not the, he's not the goat. Giraffarig is a normal psychic type. Psychic fairy type. That's like Gardevoir. Let's so make a Gardevoir for a little more points. And then psychic monotype. Let's end it all off with Kadabra. Boom. Nailed it. All right. Let's start, you know, the slow climb down to end of this podcast. Um, yeah, this is what, episode five. I think it's been going pretty well. I've been feeling good about this podcast. And like I said in many episodes before, the one with Jack, I think in every episode I've touched on this. But the where, where I'm at right now with content creation and, you know, in my life and career, I think I'm at a good point right now with what I'm creating. Because I'm not creating this with the intention of eventually making money off of it. I'm creating this, at least right now. I'm creating it because I feel this is, you know, I want to do, I want to be in media production, whether it, like, uh, in general. I want to have a hand in the creation of media at, 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 in, in any, any format of that. Because for the longest time, I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. I love sports. I love talking about sports. But then since then, that has shifted into sports media because, you know, podcasting is a viable option. YouTube is a viable option. You know, sports radio is a viable thing. Like, I don't necessarily have to be in the booth calling games for me to, you know, scratch the itch of sports broadcasting for me. That's where I'm at, you know, thinking about what I want to do for a career. And, you know, with this podcast and with my YouTube channel, I've been talking sports and I've had a lot of fun with it because it's simple. It's just me in the booth just chatting it up with myself. And, you know, I'll get, guests, I'll get guests on every now and again. I haven't gotten guests since Jack. I've been, I've been working on it, but, you know, schedules are a thing. And, you know, this, is, this isn't something that, you know, a lot of people are comfortable with and, you know, are kind of into doing. So, you know, when I, whenever I get a guest, it'll be when they want to do it. And, you know, I've had people express interest, but it's, it's all a matter of just, you know, getting them on the show. But I've been having a lot of fun doing this, and I'm excited to keep it going because, it, like I said, it's just simple. Like, I'm not really expending that much energy to create these episodes. I'm coming down to the station, 15-minute drive, spending an hour in the booth. You know, I take, I take a few notes before, like 10 minutes of notes. 
And I'm just yapping. This is the, this is the yap show. Like this is this this is probably the yappiest show that I've had so far. And I think I can say that pretty comfortably. But I've been having a lot of fun with it. And with my YouTube channel, I've kind of hit you know I kind of hit a wall with my YouTube channel at this point right now, because I was I was on a roll when I first got it because I wouldn't say roll like. I, I, no, I would say roll, because I started it with, like, a month or two left in the Orioles season, and my content was doing a series preview. I took, you know, half-hour notes, just writing down, you know, significant talking points about the, about the series. And I would post it. It would be, like, six to seven minutes of me just talking about what to expect from this series and what, you know, I hope happens, you know, ideal outcomes, like what I think is going to, you know, stuff like that. And it was nice because, obviously, the baseball season is frequent. There's There's two to three series every week. So I had a lot to talk about. Um, I had frequent episodes. You know, I had two to three episodes every week. But now that the Orioles season is over, and I shifted into Waves Faves being my primary content that I'm releasing, it's just a weekly thing. I'm doing every, I think every Thursday I'm releasing a Waves Faves where I'm doing my weekly picks for the NFL season. And that's been a lot of fun. You know, that's another th- simple thing. I'm not really expending too much energy to create that. But it does kind of stink, though, because since this podcast, since that YouTube channel, our... The, the core of them, at least to me, and what I tend to talk about, is sports. It's it's tough for me to kind of differentiate the two, and I've been leaning more towards leaving the sports topics for my podcast as opposed to the YouTube channel, just because I think this podcast is more sustainable and I think reaches a larger audience than the YouTube channel. And that, that could change, but just like I feel better about this podcast long term than my YouTube channel. Which kind of stinks because I, li- I like my YouTube channel and I like what I'm doing right now. But it's just kind of tough for me to think of videos to create without compromising the core element of it, which is me talking sports. And obviously I could, you know, talk to people that have watched my videos or people, you know, in my circle and be like, do you think it's a wise move for me to be like, okay, the core of this is sports, but I'm also going to do a video where I go to a restaurant and eat a meal and rank it. Because I like doing that as well. Like, I like videos like that. And I like, like, my YouTube before like I started like really caring about it too much, I'll just release a video every week and be like, Dave tries chicken parm sandwich or whatever. Dave tries pink and blue Oreo or whatever. And I'd like to return to that someday. And, and sometime soon just because my YouTube channel just kinda feels like at least how I'm feeling about it. It doesn't feel like I know like I'm kinda like not caring about it as much as my podcast, but it just kinda feels like I don't know, it's just kind of there. Like, I'm not really pouring it as much soul into it as I did with YouTube before I started doing my new, you know, Wave of Delker kind of thing. I feel like it'd be nice, just in terms of variety of content, to be like, you know what, I'm going to post my Wave series still, I'm going to do my, you know, my series previews, but then I'm also going to do a video where it's just kind of like a stupid thing, because obviously I'm not all, I'm not all sports. Like, you've seen it in this podcast where I'm just talking about Sports and I just, you know, go on a rant about Haikyuu. I go on a rant about, you know, just stuff in life. I feel like I just need to make that make that call and be like, you know what? The core of Wave of Docker, the YouTube channel, is still to, you know, create sports content and talk sports. But, you know, as it also is my channel and not, you know, a business I'm being paid to, you know, do things with, I, I, I'm also just going to do silly stuff that makes me laugh because I think that'd be cool. But I don't know. And so something that I've come to find out about myself over this past few months at least is uh, I've, I've known this for a long time I've, I I love creative writing I think I'm a fairly creative person and I love you know creating and writing stories and just having fun just making myself laugh 
especially with this current short film that I'm working on for my video production class, like I've just had so much fun writing that script and working on it and like being the director essentially. But I've like I've thought to myself like, is this something I want to do for a career? Like, do I want to just like completely gear shift into you know more film based like narrative based creativity and production as opposed to because I'd say. 80%, not 80%, like 70% of sports media is live as opposed to, you know, podcasting and, you know, sports YouTube. Like, most of sports media is live, and that's a lot more stressful for me. But I think I can find a good balance within, and especially with, with, with just how vast the internet is, I think I could find a, a good balance between creative writing and sports talk. And I, that, that's the kind of snag that I'm in right now. And obviously... I'm only college sophomore, I'm only 19 years old. I still have a lot of time to figure out what I want to do. I'm not being shoved into the workforce immediately and like being like, you have to choose what you want to do. I just really appreciate the freedom that I kind of have with within myself and within my environment where I can be like, you know what, I'm going to, you know, create this, but I'm also going to create that. And they both kind of scratch the itches that they that my brain craves in terms of content. And I, I'm very cr- grateful for the position that I'm in, and I'm very thankful that, you know, I'm not expected to create something that's incredible just yet i'm I'm excited to see where this takes me and where what i'm doing takes me because i i'm having a lot of fun creating content right now and i just think it'd just be so much fun to just make this my job but yeah that's where i'm at right now i love this podcast i love my youtube channel but i think they're due at least the youtube channel is due for a level up and I'm excited for when this show gets more guests because I think this show is also due for a level up because it's just been me yapping for the last three episodes. And I'm talking to my cousin about getting an updated graphic that's a little more put together. I'm excited for when that comes into fruition. I'll have to talk to him about that soon. And I'm thinking I'm going to start uploading episodes to YouTube once I get those graphics. I think that would be another level up that's essential to this show. But I've, I've had a lot of fun. And I'm thankful for the opportunity that, you know, 91... The 991 WHFC, you know, the campus HCC has given me that allows me to do this tech and create this. I'm just, I'm, I'm very thankful. I'm very, I know Thanksgiving was yesterday, but I'm just, I'm just very thankful for the tools within my grasp and within my life that allow me to be myself. And it's, it, it's pretty awesome. I'm very happy right now. Talks with Walks, episode five. Hope you guys enjoyed. I'm just, I'm having a good time right now. I feel like gross because I ate a lot of food yesterday, but I, I, I feel great about everything else in my life. I'm just a very thankful person right now. I'm very happy. Thank you for listening. Uh, This is, like I said earlier, probably the yappiest episode of The Bunch so far, but I hope you guys enjoyed. I'll see you guys next week, and maybe we'll have a guest. Maybe not. Maybe it'll just be me yapping again, but we'll see. Hope you guys enjoyed, and uh, peace out.